Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Fantastic. Who's had a good week? I've had an absolute cracker of a week. I was in Sydney on Monday. I got to spend some time with mum and dad, go out to breakfast and hang out with them, which is always nice. And then Tuesday to Thursday, mate, best job I've ever had, working with Dan White. We were up at Curra, standing up a house frame. Apparently, I was not the best apprentice he's ever had. There was another young guy there, didn't know one end of the hammer from the other. But Dan, when he, when he evaluated it, said he was better than you. And I, he just said, just stick to preaching. Just, just. No, we had a whole lot of fun. It was absolutely fantastic. And uh, last night, all the boys got together, or some of the boys got together, and we played tennis. Now, there was John McEnroe. That was AKA Drew Hermes. And there was a few, uh, few tennis rackets that flew. And then, and then Lucas, he comes out, and he was like the, uh, not a... Not, uh, What's his name? What's the Swiss master? Federer. Federer, my Lord. Unbelievable. The Swiss master. And then Eric comes out and he threw the dummy. All right? He, I can't play. I got nothing. I don't, know, I don't know anything. And then Eric comes out and blew us all off the court. So it was nice to have you there, Eric. It was fantastic. <laughs> no, we had fun. It was really cool. So the boys got together. And next year, we're going to be doing a whole lot more events like that. Women's events, men's events. Justin arranged that, so it was absolutely fantastic. Hey, um, you know, it says in, in Psalm 122, it says, I was glad when they said to me, let's go up to the house of God. Are you glad to be here this morning? Like, are you really glad to be here this morning? Something happens in the presence of God. Something happens when you position yourself right in the heart of the very thing that God committed himself to build. And I love what it says in Psalm 100. It says, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. We are his people, the sheep of his pastures. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good and his mercy is, is, is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. If you want to enter into the presence of God, get thankful. Get thankful for the air that you breathe. Get thankful for your family. Get thankful for your health. Get thankful for your job that you hate, perhaps. Get thankful for everything that you have. I don't hate my job, by the way. I just let me preference that. Um, just get thankful. If you want to enter in, what's the key? How do I get into the presence of God? Get thankful. Enter. His gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. We have a part to play. Maddie and I had a bit of breakfast this morning, and we were talking about the fact that for every promise of God, there's a premise. For every promise, because the Bible says, you know, there's over 7,000 promises of God for our lives in the Word of God, and it says that the promises of God are yes and amen in Him. For every promise, there's a premise. If you want to enter into the things of God, you've got to do the things. We were talking about everybody wants to be blessed, but not everybody wants to do what it takes to be blessed. So, so when I can get thankful, and you know what? We have so much to be thankful for. We have so much to be grateful for. It, I tell you, a, an attitude of gratitude, it sets you apart from everybody else. It's, it puts you on a, on a higher way of living. And, and I want to be at that place where, you know what? If, if I've just got my wheat bix and a pair of thongs and I can walk down the beach and enjoy the sunshine, case, I'm going to be thankful for that. And then everything else that comes into my world is a benefit. It's a blessing that God's heaping upon, you know, the life that he's given me. Amen? Fantastic. We've got to get thankful. It's been a long year. It's been a big year. It's been a fantastic year. Tomorrow's the first day of summer. 
The 1st of December, it's the festive season. I think this is the greatest time of the year. I love, I love Christmas. I love December. Something happens. Something shifts in the atmosphere. People, people get a little joyous. They get a little festive. Who, who put their Christmas tree up in November? Now, we did by a day, and now I just think that's a bit wrong, but it's just wrong. Don't do it. <laughs> December, people. The 1st of December. That's when you crack the boxes, get out the Christmas tree, get out the... Uh, well, the kids are at school, so Melissa thought, let's just do it anyway. But I just think... Christmas is the greatest time of year. It is, enjoy it. Can I, can I encourage you? Enjoy this festive season. Enjoy your family. That's why we're not doing a service. Now, I know Justin announced 28th. Nobody said anything. So I was thinking, mate, you love church that much. Fine, we're going to do a service. Oh, put it's back on, everybody. We're doing a service on the 28th, Matty. All right? No, we're not. We're not. I just didn't get a response the other way, so I was trying to get a response this way. We want you to celebrate family, friends, and the fact that you live on the Sunshine Coast. Next year, we're going to do another 51 services. It's all right. We're going to, we're going to be here. Maybe more because we'll do dual services. I want you to enjoy your family. I want you to go away and not feel good. Oh, I'm not at church, whatever. Just enjoy the blessing that you have in your world, which is, you know, your family, your friends living on the side. Does that sound like a good idea? For the other 58, that's oh, fantastic. That's great. Fantastic. So this morning, we've got the sila to pause, to, to slow down, to take time to reflect. Even though it is the end of a busy, big year, I know that God wants to meet with you this morning. He wants to touch you by his spirit. He wants to fill you up and fire you up so that you may slow down physically, but you fire up spiritually, that you just, you just get on fire. Because I know that when I slow down, I start to see things clearer. And, and I, I'm believing that over this festive season, over this, this period where we do slow down a little and start to enjoy everything that is around us, that, that God will come alive to you, that you'll see things differently, that you'll get a vision for your future, that he'll, he'll speak to you about issues that you've had in your world, prayers that you've been praying to him, that you'll get answers towards your life. And Psalm 91, this is one of my favorite scriptures. I just want to break it apart a little bit this morning in the time that we have left. Psalm 91, starting in verse 1. It says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide. I love that. He who dwells shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I, will I trust. Surely he shall deliver me from the snare of the fowl and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. What a beautiful picture. When we get into the presence of God, it's like a, a mother duck or a mother hen that, that wraps its arms around its, its chicks, its, its babies, and protects them. You know, I don't know if you've ever seen it where, where a mother duck or hen has stood up and lifted her wings and out come all these little, these little chicklets. That it's like that in God, that we can be close to him, under the wings of God, protected of, he, of him. And life is coming thick and fast. The enemy is coming thick and fast. Circumstances, finances, health, it just comes at us. But we can abide, protected of God, not doing anything of ourselves, but staying close to him. And I want to encourage you during this season to allow yourself to be positioned close to God so that he can do what he does. Because I've got to tell you, what he does in your world will make your life that much richer than you can ever do it yourself. He shall cover you with his feathers. Under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, 
your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling, for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot, because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him high, because he has known my name. That is awesome. This is very descriptive, and it's so deep, we could just break this right down, but because he has known my name. Remember a few weeks back I was preaching about, do I know you? God wants to be known. He wants you to know his name, not just as a name, but he wants you to know his name and all that it can do for your world. We're praying all these songs about in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Justin's talking before about there is power in the name of Jesus. You don't want to just know about the power of God. You want to know the power of God. You want the power of God flowing towards your life. And as we abide in his presence and we get to know his name, we know his nature, we press into all that God has for us, that power flows towards our lives and something happens. No enemy, no darkness, no, no adversary, nothing shall come upon you because you know him. Not because you fought with all your might. Not because you used all your intellect. Because you pressed in to a good and loving God that says, just, just, just draw near to me. Just come in close and I'm going to surround you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap my love around you and I'm going to cause you to be all that I've created you to be. Amen. It says, I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Oh, I love that. Because he has known me, I will do all these things. For every promise, there's a premise. Because he decided to press in, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be God to him. You know, it says, oh, I can't even remember the song before, but it says, let it, let it be. Let it be Jesus. Who is it that lets it be? That's us. We let it be Jesus. We let that be the name that is above every other name. We let that be the name that hangs above our home. We let that be the name that is above our marriage and our finance. We let it be. Because it is. The fact is, his name is all-powerful and almighty, but we have to let it be in our world and our circumstances towards our lives. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Let it be life. Let it break chains. Set us free by it in the name of Jesus this morning, we pray. And everybody said, amen. I love this. What a colorful, descriptive passage of scripture that just reveals the truth of the nature and character of God towards us, his people. And the Bible says that we're the chosen ones. We're the called out, sanctified ones. And there needs to be a point of differentiation or something that sets us apart from the world. And I'm telling you, that's the favor and smile of God upon our lives. You need to walk around knowing that you're blessed and favored of God. You, you need to know that he wants his goodness to go before you. You need to expect promotion. You need to expect that, that God's goodness is going to, and he's going to make a way where there seems to be other way. Others may fall to the left and the right, but you're going to walk through strong because God is with you and for you. And the first thing that strikes me when I read this, Psalm 91, is those that dwell shall abide. Those that dwell, dwell is temporary, shall abide permanent. When we make the decision to dwell, which is a choice, we get invited to abide. See, because see, church shouldn't be just the only place that I get fed each week. Okay, this is 90 minutes. This is the celebration of God right here as the community of believers. Each week, we need to be choosing to dwell in the presence of God as we pray, as we read the word, as we press into God, as we just sit and wait. You know, I listened to, I must have listened to eight podcasts this week. And as I'm driving up to Kara, which is like, 
a long way. Uh, I'm, I'm praying and I'm listening to God and he's speaking to me. I'm just getting time in his presence and it's invaluable. There's nothing I would rather do. I actually enjoyed driving an hour and a half to get to work just so I could spend more time. There was no distraction. There was nothing else I could do. There's nothing else I wanted to do. I could put on my headphones. I could just sit there and go, say, God, speak to me. What do I need to change in my world? What do I need to do? What have you got for me? And it was unbelievable. So dwelling is a choice we make, but abiding is the invitation that God gives. If you just, you just drive past my house, and unless I invite you in, we're going to stand on the driveway and talk. But God wants to invite you in. He, he, he doesn't want you just to drive past. He wants you to make a choice to stop and to dwell and to have that initial driveway conversation. So he says, hey, why don't you just come on in? There's a spare room. I've got an ensuite. I've prepared a place for you. God has a place prepared for you that he wants to invite you into. We first need to make that decision to slow down and dwell. How many people do you see that they drive past? And we sit out on the driveway because our kids like to ride bikes and scooters and all this crazy stuff. And people just drive past and just keep going. I think that's like us with God at times. We drive by, hey, awesome, man. Gotcha. I can see you. I know where you live. Number 13, I know where you are. God's like, just slow down. Just, just make that choice to slow down. I know you've got other things. I know you've got to go pick up the milk. I know you've got to go and take the dog to the vet. I know you've got to do all these things. Just slow down. I want to talk to you. I want to spend some time. And, and it's, life's busy. We're all there. It's, it's busy. I know you've got bills to pay. I know you've got shopping to do. I know you've got to get to the surf. I know you've got to do it. But at what point do we make God number one in our life? Where we say, you know what? I'm going to preference you. I, I, know, I know you want to get to the gym. I know you want to do all these. When are you going to say, God, you are number one. You are my Lord. You are my Savior, and I will preference you. Just a thought. So dwelling is a, in the presence of God is an intention of desire to spend time seeking God out. An intention of my desire. Because the social norm today is do what you want to do, when you want to do it, get instant gratification and fulfill all your desires. But to dwell says, I'm pushing that all to the side. God, you're number one. You're my focus. I'm zoning out every other thing. I, I, like, the, I like the picture of a racehorse that has blinders on or blinkers. It doesn't see the peripheral. It doesn't see the 20 other horses that are around it. It's just looking at the finish line. It's, and it's like what it says in Hebrews 12. Because we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us cast off every weight and sin which so easily entangles us. Let us run with endurance the race set before us looking unto Jesus. How do you make it to the end in this life, walking with Jesus? How do you get to the end where you are blessed of God because his hand is upon your life? You stay focused on Jesus. You, do, you spend time in his presence and you look towards that finish line because he's standing before you and he's, he's calling you on. And, he, and he's willing you toward, and he's empowering you for the very thing he's called you to. Amen. Like I said before, everybody wants to be blessed, but not everybody wants to do what it takes to be blessed. And Psalm 1 says this, it says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, or sits in the way of sinners, or stands in the way of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. He, he delights himself in God. He delights himself in his presence. He delights himself in his word unto his life. He shall be like a tree planted by streams of living water that yields its fruit in season. Whatever he does shall prosper. Do you know it doesn't matter what you do if you're looking towards Jesus? It, it doesn't matter what you do if you delight in his ways and you walk according to his word. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what job you do. It doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter how many kids you have. It doesn't matter if you're married or not. If you are walking, you are blessed of God. If you're blessed, nothing can come against you. 
Things will come against you, but they will come to nothing because God has put his hedge of protection around your world. And so I was thinking this this morning, I was thinking that dwelling is a posturing and a positioning of not only my physical being, but also my mind and my thoughts, where I allow my thinking to go, my heart, what I care about, and my emotions and anxieties, faith in him. When, when I go, God, I'm dwelling, all these other things are going away. I'm focused on you. I'm going I'm to push my cares to the side. I'm going to push my emotions to the side. I'm, I'm going to push every, how I'm feeling to the side because I believe in you. I believe in you. I believe that you're able. I believe that you're willing. I believe that you want to touch my world and take me to where I couldn't go on my own. Amen? It says this in Psalm 103. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. When we, when we seal her, when we pause, basically what we're doing is we're taking a breath. Okay. And God fills us. Whenever you create space for God, whenever you create room for God in your world, he will fill that place. He will fill that space. Matthew 5 says, those that hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. If you're feeling drained, if you're feeling like you've given everything out, if you've, slow down. Relax. It's not a fight for the things of God to come towards your world. It's a fight to slow down to be in his presence. Because where he is, his gifts are. Where he is, his power is. If you want the blessing of heaven on your life, find heaven. And you find heaven in the presence of God. The Holy Ghost is here right now. I'm telling you. There's answers to prayers right now. Some of you are so freaked out, so worried, so stressed out about things. And on the outside, you're smiling. And I appreciate that because we all do. But on the inside, there's turmoil. God doesn't want you to live that way. His word says, be anxious for nothing. There is nothing that warrants your anxiety. There's nothing that warrants fear in your world. He is for you and not against you. The Bible says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. The devil wants to come to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to bring these lies into your world. He wants to sow deceit into your soul. But God says, just wait on me. I'm happy for it to get a little awkward so that God can get in the middle of what we need him to do. Because I, I can't change your world just by a word. But God in a moment of touch can change everything about your life. Romans 8 says this, and we know that all things work together for good for those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. As we slow down, we gain perspective. I used the illustration of few months back about the fact that Zach has got two speeds, asleep and 100 miles an hour. Uh, it's like driving along in a car when you look to the side, everything's blurry and, and going past. But as you slow down, you get to see what is out there in the vista. God wants you to see what he has for him. He just wants you to slow down and wait on him. Those that dwell shall abide. Action and invitation. Psalm 46 says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. You know, I love, I love, we all know about Joshua. 
But Joshua dwelt in the presence of the God, and it, it was his passion, it was his desire. When Moses left the temple, Joshua stayed, and he lingered in the presence of God, and he waited on God. He, he loved and preferenced the presence of God in his life. It says in Exodus 33, so the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend, and he would, then he would return to the camp. But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. He loved the presence of God. And therefore, it's not surprisingly that it was Joshua that brought back a good report when he was, when scoped out the land. God's, you know, Moses says, go and scope out the land. Twelve spies, go and have a look at the land that God has given us. Not that he is giving us, that God has given us. Go and check the land. And he came out with a good report. He saw exactly what the other spies saw that brought back a negative report, but he saw a good report because he'd spent time in the presence of God. And regardless of the situation or circumstance he faced, he saw that his God was bigger. He realized that his God was more powerful. He realized that if God has given it to us, it's a promise of his that it's ours. We don't even, so if he's given it to us and there's giants in the land, he'll fight for us and he'll take those giants out. He's given it to us. And he hasn't given it to us to destroy it. He's given it to us to bless our world. It was was Joshua that brought back a good report. And then it was Joshua that led the people into the promised land. Why? Because he saw God's goodness. I love what David said, and I've shared it before. I would have lost heart if I had not believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. What do you see? God wants you to slow down and get a perspective of what he has for you, of the life that he's given you and graced you with. Slow down. Take a breath. Relax. You know, it was said to me once, Christian, you're nobody's savior. I was like, back off. I can help some people. And I can help some people, but I'm nobody's savior. That's Jesus. There was one person, Savior of the world, Jesus Christ. You can do what you can do, but there comes a time where you have to stop trying to be the Savior of your circumstance or your world or your family or your life. And you've got to go, God, I give it to you. I lay it all down. I'm waiting on you. Amen? Isaiah 64 says this. It says, God works for those that wait for him. He meets with those who rejoice. What I see in that is God works. God works. Let him work. Let him work on your behalf. Let him work in your life. Let him work in to fulfill your dreams and desire. God works. The second thing in Psalm 91 that I see is those that dwell shall abide in the secret place. Those that dwell in the secret place that God has to be sought out. He's wanting us to fight for intimacy with him. He's wanting us to seek him out. He's wanting us to look for him. And I've said it before, but God's not a a, a four-leaf clover. Or, or a lucky rabbit's foot. I need God now. I need God. Right in the middle of this situation, I need God. I haven't needed him for the last three months, but I need God now. Where is he? Where is he? God's not that. He wants you to seek him out. He wants this to be a discipline in your world. He wants you to daily seek him out. When you, when you wake up, that you're, before your feet hit the ground, thank you, Lord. Thank you for another day. Thank you that you're good and loving. Thank you that you go before me. Thank you that you've, you've graced me with another day to live on this planet. Thank you that you've got a job for me to do. Thank you for my family, that, that we would seek him out. We would go looking for him. God wants, we, we seek so many things. I'll go to uni for four degrees, for, for four degrees. I'll go to uni for four years and then I'll do a master's. Then I'll do it because I want a specific job. I'll, I'll go looking for that wife that I want or that husband. that I, I'll go looking for those. I'll seek things out and I'll give it everything. But when it comes to God, it's like, oh yeah, I know you're there. So that's cool. Thank you. No, no, God wants us to seek him. He wants us to press in and get disciplined with our devotion to him. The Bible says he's a jealous God, that there'll be none before him. And he's the only God. And as I read that, it says, those that seek me, those that pray to me, those that call out to me, I will hear them and I will answer them. 
There is no other God on the face of the planet that can hear and can answer those that cry out to him. We, we serve a good and loving, living God that is the Almighty, is all-powerful, and wants to pour out goodness into your world. Amen. I was thinking this through this one, that we need to press pause on every other activity life and seek him. His plan, his will, his heart. We need, to, we need to seek, God, what do you want? So we seek him to be there, but not necessarily for what he wants for us. But it's important to go, God, I'm waiting on you. Not only am I dwelling, I'm thankful that now I'm abiding. God, what have you got for me? You know, because in Jeremiah 1, it says, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I, I ordained you as a prophet to the nations. I've got something for you to do. I've got plans. Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans, plural, I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. Are you stepping into it? Are you walking that path, which is the plan of God for your life? If not, seek him and wait on him. Don't stress. Don't strive. Don't freak out. Just wait for him. Jeremiah 29 verse 13 says, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. When you search for me with all your heart, when you're committed to this journey, when you're committed to what I have for your life, you'll find me. I'm there. I'm not hiding. I just want you to seek me with all of your heart. You know, walk the beach and talk with God. Go to your prayer closet and just cry out to God. And then once you've cried out to God, sit there and listen to what he has to say to you. And then what I love, the third thing is, those that do this, they shall abide under the shadow of the mighty, almighty. When we pause, God draws us in close. We just got to slow down, sila, relax, breathe, wait, and God draws us in close. If you're not feeling like you're in close proximity to God, slow down. Wait and let him draw you in. You know, it says in James 4, it says, God resists the proud, starting in verse 8, but gives grace to the humble. Humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Isaiah 40, 31. Those that wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up on wings as eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and will not faint. When was the last time you did something for the first time? And that might be creating space for God. When was the last time you did something for the first time? Just You walked that beach or you cried out to God, or you just waited to hear his voice. Because some, some people go, God doesn't speak. I don't hear God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and I hear him, and others hear him. You can hear him. Why don't you do something? Why don't you go to that place where you say, God, I believe. Let's walk intimately and closely together. Amen? Matthew 5, verse 6, I shared it before. Blessed are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, they shall be filled. And the fourth thing, and I'm going to finish with this, it says, I will say of the Lord. I love this. Those that dwell in the secret place of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the, the Almighty. I will say of the Lord. What do you say of the Lord? What is it that comes out your mouth about God? Is God to you condemning and judgmental or is God a blessing God? Is God a God of love? Is God a God that, that, that is a God of healing and power? You know, the Bible gives us, it says that we have the ability to create through our mouth. It says speaking to being that which is not as though it is. Speak to the, in other words, you can get creative with the words that come from your mouth. What will you say of the Lord? I just walk around saying, God, I am thankful that you have done this. You may not have even done it, but it's promised it into my world. God, I am thankful that we are entering into this. God, I am thankful that this church is full. God, I am thankful. God, thank you. Thank you. What will you say of the Lord? Because when I 
position myself in the presence of God, I get a correct perspective of who God is. I see who he is, who I am, and what I have a result of that relationship. And then I speak. I want to encourage you, speak. Speak towards your future. Speak towards the, the very things that God's promised into your heart. Speak towards what you want to see happen in your world, and it will. Amen? Ephesians 3.20, I've shared it before. Now, to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or imagine, to him be the glory. To him be the, now, to him who is that God is able to move in your world. God is able to get upon yourself. God is able to, to him be the glory. God, I'm thankful. God, I'm grateful. God, you are a, a great and mighty God. And I've said this before, but the power of God active in our lives is directly proportional to his praise on our lips. Do you talk about your circumstances or do you talk to them? Do you tell this mountain to be removed and cast into the sea or do you talk about how big the mountain is? We need to change our speech patterns. We need to change the things that we declare because the things that we declare are the realities that we'll enter into. Amen? And there's a boldness that comes on those who abide with God. You can say things that you otherwise couldn't say. You can declare things that you otherwise couldn't declare because God is on the inside of you. And I love what it says in Acts 4.13. It says, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. They marveled because these men had no theological training. These men had no, you know, uh, doctorates in, in, the, in the things of God and ways of God and the wisdom that they were speaking, but they realized that they'd spent time with Jesus. If you want your life to be set apart, if you, if you want to enter into the victories that God has for you, spend time with Jesus. We work, work 40, 60, 80 hours a week. We work on our bodies. We work on all these. Other. God wants you to work on your spirit, man. He wants you to invest into yourself. He wants you to invest into your future. He wants you to wait on him. Mark eleven twenty three. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast in the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says shall be done, he will have whatever he says. There is a boldness. When you spend time in the presence of God, you can speak with authority. You can speak with wisdom, and you don't even know where it comes from, but God pours it out from heaven upon your life. You'll find yourself in situations that have intimidated you before. Now you stand there boldly and confidently and you speak with authority and you, you, you speak humbly, but it holds weight. God wants your words to hold weight. He wants you to find yourself in the middle of situations out there in the community where you can represent him boldly and confidently and uprightly. There, there's a posturing that comes when you spend time in the presence of God because you realize I'm the king's kid. I'm an heir to the throne. Every single one of you is royalty. We need to see ourselves as such because royalty holds themselves in a certain manner. And they walk through life a certain way. And they don't bow down to social norms and, and every other pressure that comes against. They hold themselves straight. They stand tall. I know who I am and I'm all right with that. Amen? I love that that's the God that we serve. And the last thing is, is in verse 16. Mike, get the band back, Lozzie. It says, with long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. When we dwell in the secret place of the Most High, we get to abide in the shadow of the Almighty and we get to experience God's salvation in our world. I love that. I love that God is not only always calling us in closer, He says, I'm going to make up your deficiencies, like we were talking about at communion. What you can't do, I will do on your behalf. Just come close. 
just come and draw in next to me. Come and wait with me and spend time with me. But this isn't passive. And I want to encourage you, and I want to push you a little bit this morning, church. Let's not get lazy in our Christianity. Let's not get lazy in our devotion to God. Let's be disciplined. Let's be passionate. Like I'm saying about Justin before. Say, Justin, talk about the weather. And he's bouncing and he's vibing and he's jiving and he's going off. We should be like that about our God. We should be the most passionate people on the face of the planet. Okay, the king is here. It's coming up on the 14th of December. I'm bringing my friends. My friends need to be at this production. They need to be in the house of God. They need to be in the presence of God because they need what I've got. And like Pastor Jürgen was saying a few weeks back, the church is the only organization that exists for its non-members. We're not going to become a bless me club where it's just about us sitting in church week in and week out. We need the community in the house of God so they can get touched of God. We need them here in here hearing the truth of God because there's people out there that are desperate. There's people out there that want to take their life today. My sister rang me two days ago and said, can you go and see this person about 40 minutes south from here? They've just rung me telling me they're going to take their life. I got, they've got three kids, a wife that's been cheating on them. They're Will you go and see? There are people out in our community that are desperate and that are hurting. And I'm telling you, the answer is Jesus. It's the name of Jesus. They need, they need a touch from God in their life. And I've got to tell you, they'll only get that if we give it. They'll only, if we bring, can I encourage you, who, who are you praying for? Who are you inviting to church? Who are you, who are you whose life are you speaking into? Because you carry God on the inside of you. The Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. It says, this is the, the victory that we have, even through our faith. That who, Who's... Who's getting touched because of your faith? I want to encourage each and every one of you this week. Who can you bring to church? Who can you, you know, Josh, he's standing in work and a guy comes in and says, I've, I've been get told I've got grade four cancer and he prays for it. Now, Josh potentially could have lost his job or lost face with his colleagues or whatever else. But because he did that, a man's now got in remission. No different treatment. Nothing changed. God touched him. Can I encourage you? We can make a difference. We can be the difference. You can be the difference. And regardless of your personality type, regardless of how you see yourself, you can change people's lives in the name of Jesus. Amen. Why don't we stand up our feet, lift our hands, close our eyes. Father, we love you. You are glorious and magnificent. And we, we've come here today to lift up the name of Jesus. Father, for every person that stands before me today, I pray that the name of Jesus would be the banner lifted high over their life. That God, you would go before them. And this week, there's challenges that they face. If there's problems in there, that God, you would be bigger than each and every one of them. Father, just as I shared before, Romans 15, verse 13, may the God of hope fill you all joy and peace in believing. You know, while every head's bowed, every eye's closed, you may be here today and you haven't enjoyed the salvation of the Lord in your life. You may not be walking closely with the Lord. I want to give you an opportunity this morning to respond and say, you know what, God, today I choose to dwell in your presence. I want to be drawn in close that I may enjoy the salvation that you freely give. While every head's bowed, every eye's closed, if that's you, just lift your hand and say, Christian, that's me. Let's just pray together this morning. We're just going to pray simple prayer. It says, Jesus, come into my life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, for every person that stands before me today, I pray that you would bless them, that you would smile upon them, that you'd go before them. This would be the greatest week of their life. 
that God, they would experience your goodness, your power, and your touch upon their lives. In Jesus' mighty and wonderful name. And everybody said, come on, let's pray. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Visit us online at c3noosa.org.